been a fool I've been a fool I'm leaving here, but I'll be a long time gone. I say, hi there, Highline, hello, Highway. Here come a big old semi my way. I stick up my thumb, hear the truck come, but the truck goes by, and it look like it's flying. It's whooping the big legs on my Levi's. They go, I've been a fool. I've been a fool. Been a long time leaving yet, but I'll be a long time gone. Gone, gone, gone. Gone, gone, gone. Welcome back to another episode in our series on doubting. But before we begin, Abraham, how are you, man? How's how's your week been? It's been good. You know, just staying busy here at home. You know, pretty much just relaxing. Yeah, so we, I just saw you like two days ago, didn't I? Maybe. Don't remember. Yeah. Oh, we went to play soccer. Come on. That was earlier this week, man. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing with you. Yeah. Um, so we are continuing this series on doubting. And today we're going to talk about doubting God's forgiveness. So this is a subject that I, that I wrestle with and that I struggle with on three levels. One, theologically. Two, spiritually. And thirdly, emotionally. So... When it comes to God's forgiveness, um, it's it's weird, right? Because theologically, something that I wrestle with is, is God's forgiveness conditional or unconditional? Right? That, that's one side of it. Two, there seems to be really hard passages that, that, that when I read them, it, it hits me in a weird way, right? Like passages where Jesus says, if I don't forgive others, God won't forgive me. And, you know... Me, personally, I struggle with forgiving others. I struggle with forgiving even myself. So what does that say about God forgiving me, right? Uh, then I struggle with it spiritually in the sense that God's forgiveness is transformative, right? Like God's forgiveness is meant to lead to a changed life. Like like forgive God's forgiveness isn't a get... Um, get out of jail free card right no it's a it's a transformative forgiveness and that that in one sense that's a high burden because what does it mean when i feel that like my life doesn't seem like it, it's changed very much like I'm, I'm struggling with the same sin i'm struggling with a lot of the same things does that mean i've never received god's forgiveness and then thirdly i struggle with it emotionally because i can't see god i can't hear him i can't touch him like when it comes to like my, 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 the relationship that I have in my life, like my relationship with my wife or my relationship with you, Abraham, like it's easier to understand that type of forgiveness. Like if I mess up with you, it's easier to say, Hey, I'm sorry, man. And it's, I, I make amends. I, I seek, I apologize. It's easier to see forgiveness play out in that sense. But what about with God? For me, that's, it's a lot harder to really understand that or internalize that i don't know it's just emotionally i'm filled with doubt when it comes to god's forgiveness i, I don't know how, how about you have you struggled with with god's forgiveness 
Yeah, you know, who hasn't would be my question. You know, hopefully they can give us some tips. Um, but yeah, definitely struggled in, in accepting God's forgiveness or even believing, you know, that he grants it at, at times. And, you know, just kind of haven't thought about this question previously. I feel like mainly it's in situations where it's a sin that I've committed repeatedly. That's where I see myself struggling the most, whether God yeah. forgives me or not. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's 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 tackle the subject like head on. So when it comes to to the theology behind God's forgiveness, one one question that I'm that that I that I find interesting is is God's forgiveness conditional or unconditional? And I know that our instinct is to say that God's love is unconditional, but I that that sounds good, right? And that's not a bad thing to say, but I think that there's some problems with that because think about it for a moment. Those people who are outside of Jesus, right? So we would call those people unbelievers. We wouldn't say that there is that they have forgiveness, right? We wouldn't say that they have reconciliation with God. We don't say that they have salvation. Um. So in in, in one sense, God's forgiveness isn't strictly unconditional. There is a sense in which forgiveness is conditional, right? Like we would say that that in the Christian faith, in the Christian good news. God's forgiveness is conditional uh, in relation to Jesus and the cross. Like God's forgiveness is made available because of the work of Jesus, his, his life, death, and resurrection. So I guess in that sense, like I don't think anyone would disagree. Like, okay, sure, God's forgiveness is conditional on Jesus' work. But here's another layer to that. When Jesus himself speaks about forgiveness, he does seem to to talk and say that, hey, this is conditional. For example, when Jesus is talking about um, the Lord's Prayer, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, this look, look what Jesus says. It says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In the same book, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus gives a parable of the ungrateful servant. There's a servant who was forgiven this humongous debt from his master. His debt, his master forgave his debt. But then the servant finds a friend or he finds someone, someone who has a very small debt. And, and this, this servant like treats his, his, his friend with such, uh, like in such a nasty way that when the master finds out, the master punishes the servant severely saying, hey, in the same way that I forgive you, you should have forgiven your friend. And then Jesus gives this warning. This is how my heavenly father would treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I don't know, but when I read those passages, Abraham, they, they sound kind of scary. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, you know, for me, maybe not too scary. And I believe it's because uh, a lot of us function with this mindset already that that forgiveness to some extent is conditional, um, at least in how we interact with other people, right? Because, you know, many times, like, I wait until someone apologizes before I choose to forgive them. Or even if they do apologize, you know, sometimes I'm expecting them to change. So at least uh, me thinking personally in, in my relationships and in my interaction with people, sometimes I do apply, uh, I do apply conditions to my forgiveness um so me thinking that that god can do the same is not something that that necessarily makes me uncomfortable but i feel like it could be challenging a bit 
right? Um, that that there could be conditions to to God's forgiveness. Um, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. I feel like sometimes we already view as forgiveness as being conditional. Yeah, right. But 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 for me, when I read these passages, uh, what I guess what what worries me, what what brings certain doubt and fear in my own heart. Is that I don't trust myself sometimes to forgive from my heart, right? Because it's hard. It's hard to forgive people from the heart. And if I'm not forgiving people from the heart, it seems that Jesus is saying, hey, if you don't forgive people from the heart, the Father won't forgive you. So on the surface, yes, these passages are, are tough. They're hard. Uh, it's a hard burden to some degree. They're, they're a little scary. But, you know, when we, when we start looking at the big picture of what Jesus is doing, Jesus is not trying to burden people with more law, nor is he trying to scare people. I think a good reminder when it comes to interacting with passages like these, a reminder that I have to give myself to is that Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So how do we understand Jesus's words? Um, I think the big picture is this, that Jesus is introducing the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is the marriage between heaven and earth. And I think this is best captured when Jesus is giving, is explaining the Lord's prayer. Look what Jesus says. He says, your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. That's fascinating. In the kingdom that Jesus is introducing, there is a harmony. There's a sort of marriage between heaven and earth. So, and that applies to all of Jesus' ministry, all of his words, all his ethics. So, when it comes to the subject of forgiveness, my forgiveness has to reflect the heavenly forgiveness that I've experienced. Let me say that one more time. My forgiveness has to reflect the heavenly forgiveness that I've experienced. Now, I don't think that, that that Jesus is communicating this in a strictly conditional sense, in the sense that like, hey, you give, God gives. You don't give, God doesn't give. No. Think about it in these terms. Jesus explains, gives gives a, a parable elsewhere about a good tree. Look, look, look what Matthew chapter 7, 19 and 20 says. It says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize him. So I think what Jesus is communicating in the big picture, including in, in which forgiveness is included, is that God's forgiveness doesn't depend on my forgiveness, but rather my forgiveness should be molded, shaped, transformed, and should reflect God's own forgiveness. Um, to the extent that I think that what Jesus is saying is that if our forgiveness is not molded and is not transformed and doesn't reflect God's forgiveness, then maybe we've never received it. And I know on the surface that that does sound a little tough. That sounds kind of scary. But I don't think that Jesus is trying to scare anybody. But 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 once again, I think he's trying to introduce a heavenly ethic, a kingdom ethic, not a conditional forgiveness, but a, but a, a forgiveness that reflects that is shaped and that is molded by God's forgiveness. So thinking about it in those terms has better helped me understand these, these tough passages. I'm not going to lie. They're still a little tough for me, but when I see them in this light, it helps me. What about you, Abraham? Does, how, how do you wrestle with these passages? Yeah, I, I agree that these passages and understanding them that way is helpful. Uh, because, you know, many people try to live, you know, holy lives based on threats or fear. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes we choose to do the right thing 
because we're scared of what the consequence of doing otherwise could be, right? And we yeah. think of these terms of, of like consequences, right? Like either do the right thing or else. Uh, but like, you know, we're talking right now, Jesus doesn't want us to live that way in his kingdom, right? He, he wants us to live righteously based on the love we've received from God and the love we wish to give to God consequently, right? So it's not uh, based off of, um, it's not meant to be based off of fear or threat or like something bad is going to happen to you. But it's like, because God has shared his love to us, because God has shared his forgiveness uh, to us, then we should live according to that, right? Not based yeah. on consequence or something like that. Exactly. And that kind of leads us to the, to the next point on transformative forgiveness. So that's the theology, kind of. What about the spiritual element? Not that it, it isn't theological, but this is a little bit more reflective, more meditative, because the struggle doesn't end. Even, even if those passages are less confusing or less tough, less rough or whatever, less scary, it doesn't change the fact that God's forgiveness is a great burden in a way, personally, me. Why? Because God's forgiveness is transformative. And the reason forgiveness is transformative is because it exists in a unique and specific context. And that context is the person, life, death, resurrection of Jesus Messiah, right? Like Paul, Paul captures this like very, very well in Ephesians 1.7. He says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Everything happens in him, in Jesus. In other words, forgiveness is not arbitrary. It's not empty. It's not a get out of jail free card. It's not like, oh, I could do whatever I want. And I just ask God's forgiveness. No, 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 no. Forgiveness is it's, it's Trinitarian through and through. That the Father forgives through the work of the Son. And the Spirit applies the work of the Son in my life. So, in other words, forgiveness is reconciliation with God unto a new life. It's a purposeful forgiveness, right? It's not just therapeutic in the sense that, oh, right, I feel really bad about myself. And then God just say, hey, don't worry about it anymore. No, no, no. It's not just that. There is a therapeutic element to it in the sense that God does comfort us in his forgiveness. But it is a, it is a forgiveness that leads into a new life. In other words, if I'm forgiven by God, it means that I'm part of a new family. If I'm forgiven by God, it means I'm part of the church. If I'm forgiven by God, I'm rescued from sin, death, and Satan. If I'm forgiven by God, I'm part of the kingdom of God. If I'm forgiven, I'm called to see my enemies and those who do me wrong, I'm called to see them differently. If I'm forgiven, I'm called to follow Jesus' example. And, and other Paul captures this in, in his letters, Ephesians and Colossians, when he's encouraging the church, he says, forgive each other just as Christ just as in Christ, God forgave you. Colossians 3.13, forgive as the Lord forgave you. In other words, forgiveness is a package. I can't separate forgiveness from Jesus. I can't separate forgiveness from the church. I can't separate forgiveness from the new creation and new life. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that, not only with accepting forgiveness, right? Accepting it psychologically or in internalizing forgiveness, but I struggle with the fact that this forgiveness caused me to newness. It caused me to sacrifice my sin. It caused me to a new life, a new way of living. And, and, and I struggle with that because in one sense, I love my sin, right? Two, I don't want to change. I don't like change. And three, I struggle with it because when my life doesn't reflect newness, that leads me to struggle and doubt God's forgiveness, whether God forgave me at all. That's a lot, Abraham. But does that, does that kind of make sense? What, what are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, and and I agree that the challenge is in being transformed, right? Um, and I feel, at least in, in my personal experiences, seeing it through that lens, um, I feel like that's that's also a big struggle in regards to forgiveness, right? Because I, I want to change. I don't want to continue, you know, transgressing against God. But at the same time, those changes aren't always taking place, you know, so that that makes it hard. And like you said, you know, I struggle with letting go of sin, right? And and also living in Christ likeness, you know, that's not something easy, especially with you know all the distractions in in our world in our society today. And you know, even how just how you know, Scripture tells us, right, that the world is in enmity with 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 God. But you know, that makes it harder for us because you know we see all these external influences in in how we live and stuff like that. But, you know, transformation is and should be connected to forgiveness. And we should be willing, you know, to to go through that process. You know, we want to be more like Christ and we want to, you know, be less like like ourselves. You know, we, we do want to be changed. Yeah. We do want to be transformed. And it's, it's part of the process, you know. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's just it's just. Yeah, it's, it's not just spiritually challenging. Or it's not just a spiritual struggle, but there's also like an emotional element to all this. Um, for me, the emotional element to forgiveness has to do with accepting and actually believing God's forgiveness, right? Um, because this is where I struggle with it. God's forgiveness sometimes seems theoretical and hypothetical. Um, I, I, I said this earlier, like in my marriage, I've, I have failed and sinned against Megan in like a million ways, right? Like I've, 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 I've failed her. And sinned against her in a sense. So whenever I seek her forgiveness, seeking her forgiveness seems more real. And receiving her forgiveness seems more real because there's a real apology. There's a verbal face-to-face apology. I have to make real amends to whatever wrong I did. And there are visible consequences, whether it be negative or positive in this sense. There are positive, visible consequences to her forgiveness, whether we're, we're talking again or, you know, you know what I mean, right? Like in, just in any relationship. Okay. That forgiveness is more real, and and I think, and I think um, when it comes to God's forgiveness, it it seems like the opposite's there. There's no face to face. There's no voice. There's no sight. The struggle comes from the fact that for me, in certain moments in my life, I feel like God's forgiveness seems to have more psychological consequences than any real visible consequences. I'm tempted to think that God's forgiveness is just all in my head. There's nothing real, you know. But that's like a skeptical struggle, I guess. That's like the the skeptic in me talking. When I don't struggle with my skepticism, I struggle with accepting God's forgiveness. Because when I'm when I'm deep in my own sin, when I'm deep in my own struggle, my sin seems more real than God's forgiveness. The consequences of my sin seem more real than the consequences of God's forgiveness. You know? So that's 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 where I'm wrestling around. Like I'm like, man. My sin is more real than God's forgiveness at times. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. But, you know, it's interesting because the answer is the same one as last week. If, if Jesus is real, if Jesus truly lived, truly died, and truly resurrected, then the forgiveness he offers is real. And if his forgiveness is real, then truly I am a son of God who is loved, 
and truly all things will be made new when Jesus comes back. Like I can say these things, right? Like, and, and they are comforting. I'm not going to lie. Like they're, yeah, they, they all, those, those things are comforting. Um, they do help me move on and everything, but the doubt and the struggle remains. Even like, I could tell my, I could tell myself this every day and it's still hard. I, have you struggled with the same thing, Abraham? Yeah, of course, you know, and, you know, I feel disappointed with, with my choices you know, and it feels like 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 you're betraying God. You know, uh, whenever you, you choose sin over Him, and you know when you put in those terms as betrayal, right? You just ask yourself, like, why would God forgive me, right? Like, if, if someone betrayed me, you know, I wouldn't be so quick to be merciful, to be kind, to be forgiving, to be patient. You know, I I know how I would react in the opposite manner, right? So I I almost expect that from God as well. Like, why should he forgive me? Like, look what I did, look how I live or whatever it is. Right. Um, but like you said, you know, we need to try to find hope in, in scriptures and trust Jesus and, and his message, you know, and then something else, you know, is, I know that Satan is also out there trying to deceive Christians to make them believe they, they don't have God's forgiveness. And, um, you know, I feel like just sometimes having awareness of that can be helpful that some of some of these feelings that we're experiencing, you know, it's, it's this uh, kingdom of darkness that's trying to battle against, you know, God's kingdom that wants to draw us away from him instead of towards him. Um, but, you know, the more we, we see Jesus, the more we see what the scriptures say, I feel like that's meant to draw us more towards towards God and, yeah. you know. At least struggle towards him, you know, have we been talking like doubt towards Jesus, towards God, not doubt or yeah. struggle away from him. Yeah, no, of course. And I wish there was a button, right? I wish I wish it was a button. I just click it. No doubt. I'm forgiven. Truly. Let me live. Let me live a forgiven life. Um, yeah, I wish. But there isn't. Right. But what we do have is this forgiveness package. Right. Once again, forgiveness is a package. Um, with the forgiveness that God has received, he has put us in a community, in a church community where we are sinners together, right? But there's also a sense in which we are a forgiven people. We are forgiven together. So we, we wrestle with sin. We wrestle with internalizing forgiveness, but we do it together. Another thing that God has forgiveness, uh, has, another thing that God has given us alongside his forgiveness in this package is his word, right? Like when we read the Bible, when we read the scriptures, and it contains the story where God himself enters into his own creation to rescue us, not to abandon us, but to rescue us from our, our brokenness, right? And, and in this story is promises that when he returns, all things will be made new. Um, in this forgiveness package is also God's spirit that guides us. Even we don't see it, but we are to believe in faith that, that God's spirit guides us, strengthens us. And, and comfort us when we when we sin. Um, God has given us in this forgiveness package sacraments, you know, baptism and the Lord's Supper. These are these are tangible, visible reminders of forgiveness. That as I take the body of Christ, I am supposed to um, I'm supposed to understand that as real as the bread is to my mouth and to my lips and to my tongue, that is that is how real my salvation and forgiveness is. As as real as the bitterness of the wine that I drink. That is as real as the death of the Messiah and the blood that was poured out for me. So there is something that God has given us, right? 
this forgiveness package, church, word, spirit, and sacrament that are meant to kind of help us through this journey of doubt. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying it like it's easy, like, aha, here's the answer. No, but you know, God has given us each other. And I guess there is a sense, like you said, around, let us doubt towards God. Let us doubt together and wrestle with these things together rather than alone. So I don't know, bro. Do you have any, any, any final thoughts? Yeah. You know, just agreeing with you that it is a struggle and it's a journey that, that we experience, you know, and like you said, we need to keep moving forward, you know, battling against sin and leaning on God's forgiveness, you know, as much as possible. And I just want to share one, one passage that has been very encouraging to me and it's Exodus 34 verses six through seven. And it says the Lord passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord of the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. And, you know, just uh, uh, for quick context, this is two chapters after the passage of the golden calf where where Israel, yeah. you know, created this idol and started worshiping, worshiping it instead of Yahweh. And, you know, two chapters later, God comes in and gives this statement to Moses. I just find that very encouraging. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Ron. Thank you for that. Well, um, thank you for our listeners for listening to this week's episode. And we'll, we'll, we'll continue the series next week. Thank you, Ron. I've been a fool. Forgiving you each time you've done me wrong. I've been a long time leaving yet, but I'll be a long time gone. Gone, gone, gone.